red light goes on and I just like staring like <laughs> We're back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be joining us from. My name is Devin Morgan, director of baseball dryland, founder of the Dryland Academy. This is Dryland Academy Podcast, world's most dangerous youth baseball podcast. I'm joined by as per usual by my brother and my partner Rick Rose, Dryland Academy assistant director, Dryland Academy International Man, and Mr. Jeremy Tectiel. That might be the fastest. Uh, and with like the the time off, I, I honestly was expecting a little slower. Sure. Uh, just like to get back in, and that was impressive. Yeah, uh, yeah, man, shoot or shoot. Yeah. Um, we're showing off like a little bit more of the revised space. Um, Each uh, week we're going to get one, ha- what, like yeah. six more inches. The, the frame is going to yeah. just get like, consecutively wider. I feel like I have to look through the microphone yeah, now to talk to you, which is great. Under, over. Um, housekeeping, as per usual. Uh, Axbat.com, code DL20, get yourself 20% off. Um, domineering legislature, 2-0, get yourself 20% off. Uh, allegedly, the holidays are soon approaching. Um, I got notifications from like a bunch of retailers that have apps on my phone that they were already starting Black Friday. Hmm. Um, so presumably, if you listen to this podcast, you have someone in your life or you coach someone that plays baseball or softball or some sort of bat and ball sport. Amusingly enough, axbat.com has tools for you. So uh, DL20, 20% off. Uh, and in the spirit of giving, uh, just to reiterate as per usual, uh, this uh, this this money that we get off of the sponsorship uh, does not pay for my shoe fund. Uh, it does not pay for your jet skis uh, or, new, or new car or new car. Uh, what it does do is go directly into a fund that is exclusively used by us for scholarship for kids to be able to play for our academy teams in Washington and in Arizona. So if you want to uh, buy yourself a game bat, buy yourself some training bats, and you want to do some good in the world, uh, like this is a pretty direct opportunity. So DL two zero. 20% off, what did I say, domineering legislature? legislature. Yeah, sure, it's, it's, deal, deal 2-0. Um, I'll, I'll throw another plug in there because, ooh, yes, dear listener, whenever you're listening to this, uh, we probably have our Black Friday sale going on at uh, drivelinebaseball.com. So swing, ball, dri- swing by drivelinebaseball.com, yep. check out our sale. Yep. It's one time a year. Get all your gear. Yeah, we uh, we missed an episode last week, so we're recording this on a Monday. I'm going to try to get it out tomorrow, um, which means uh, I think by the time that tomorrow hits, you should still be able to sign up for early access to the Driveline Baseball uh, Black Friday sale. Um, and I guess because we are in a promoting mood, I will also tell you two things that are relative to that. Uh, new youth individual player kit and new youth team development kit. Um we slashed the prices and the amount of equipment that was in both of those things to make it a ton more accessible. We revised uh, the instruction manual that comes with that thing. So now you're getting like a 40 page PDF um, that talks a lot about not only what to do, but also why, because obviously like constantly in youth baseball, that's a pretty critical thing for us to hit on. So you'll be able to find those things on Driveline's uh, site during the Black Friday sale, discounted. So drivelinebaseball.com, go do the thing. Oh, man, it's, it's nice to be back, dude. It is. It it's is. nice to be back. Yeah. I miss talking with you. I miss yeah. doing these. Um, all for good reasons. Yeah. I mean, there an entire week that I know. we didn't see each other a single time. That I know. That does not happen very often. No, very, very odd. Um, and the reason for that is that I was in a good old Kansas City uh, for the second annual ABCA Youth uh, Summit. Um, I'm a proud member of ABCA's National Youth Committee. They have two committees that kind of revolve around youth baseball, uh, the Youth Committee and then the Travel Ball Committee. Um, ton of uh, intersection is the word they use nowadays between those two things. Um, and, and amusingly, at the Youth Summit, we actually have people that are on both committees there. Um, pretty cool to be uh, in that room with a bunch of stakeholders 
and, and certainly also people that kind of see both the flaws that we have talked about fairly consistently, but also see some commonality in the path forward, um, which, which is great. You know, the first summit last year was in Virginia. Um, man, I want to move to Virginia. <laughs> like, Virginia. Shout out to people living in Virginia. Uh, you have a beautiful state with like a lot of great baseball, which I just previous to, I guess I'm just as a West Coast guy, I had no idea, but like, uh, it's it's legit. Um, so the first summit that we had last don't, year. Don't let Chad Longworth hear hear that. That you uh, didn't know that there was legit there. I know, I know. I'm Chad. I love you. Um, you know, the first summit that we had last year was was largely just, um, I think, getting a lot of perspective on the on the issues that we're all seeing. Um, and those issues are uh, relatively common across different divisions of youth baseball. Um, you think about something like the umpire issue, right? Um, you know, the, the systemic thing that we're dealing with is that we have an older crew of umpires that are currently like on the front lines now, uh, and there isn't like a second generation of them trailing behind. So then we see things like, um, you know, tournament, tournament organizers going like, hey, do you want to be an umpire? We'll train you. Yeah. <sighs> Which is very different than, um, than an umpire that's been doing this for five years but was trained under another an umpire that had been doing this for like 35 years and then you just kind of get that funnel going. Um, and obviously there's a ton of downstream things that happen negatively to our game if we don't have umpires. Um, and, and I think, like, things like the umpire issue are very much, like, the tip of the proverbial iceberg of stuff yeah, that we talked about. Sure. Um, uh, a lot of, you know, the, the way that the conversation was going last year was kind of um, for, for an idea that I guess I've stumped for. Um, it's a problem and it's an opportunity, right? You know, it's uh, – I, I was listening to this relationship podcast. They talk about uh, a complaint is really a desire in disguise. Hmm. It's like, Okay. I mean, I'm bordering on 20 years of my marriage, man. I want to, you know, I want to learn as much as I can. I'm trying that, to, that, that tracks. That makes yeah. sense. Like, I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to take this thing to the grave, dude. Yeah. Uh, so You did sign a contract. So. I, I did. I did in front of God and everybody. I, I stepped on the glass, did the whole thing. <laughs> um, so the agreement, I think the idea of the agreement is, is both kind of a reflection of the problems we have, but also a reflection of the opportunity, where if we can't agree, like, first principles, core intention of youth baseball – it's natural that we have all this stuff that kind of stems out of disagreement. Um, And and to me, uh, at the end of the day, uh, youth baseball, if there is any level that should be expressly focused on development, it has to be the youth level. There is an appropriate time for us to focus on competitive results. I think that time is not when kids are kids. Uh, And progressively, over the course of the youth baseball experience, we want to lean a little bit more into the competitive side of things. Um, again, you know, this, this broadly tracks with the USA Baseball LTAD doc, other kind of other sports perception on the way they should kind of periodize a focus from training, engagement, and fun progressively into more competi- competition. Yeah. Um, but because coaches as a whole, we don't have an agreed upon intention, and we also lack a system to train coaches at scale, then we suffer kind of the, the, the natural outcome of those flaws. Right. Um, I did a little presentation of which I dropped some of the slides uh, on my social this weekend. There's a great uh, quote by uh, William Edwards Deming, who was like an economist slash business theorist slash composer. I mean, you talk about like a renaissance man. I was just a real, true yeah. renaissance man. Um, 
and uh, and his quote kind of on this on this whole thing is uh, every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. Gets. So uh, in in youth baseball, you know, the absence of a system gives us the yeah. the you know the outcomes we're at right now. Um, so year one for the youth summit, we really just kind of talked about that type of stuff, and I think year two we we finally got to a place where we are starting to think about taking some action out of this. Um, and, you know, for, for me, it's like we had the first one and I was like, all right, look, let's go. Let's go fix this right now. And, you know, the, the ball does move a little bit more slowly when you're talking about large, large organizations, large, large bodies of players. Um, but I think the, the motivation is there for sure, which is great. Uh, and I think the way that we're kind of thinking about framing it where the general idea would be if you can create some sort of group of people that are in agreement with this stuff and have that agreement be something that is sensible and safe and positive for kids, then you end up with a little bit of a market differentiator between people that are comfortable being in agreement on that stuff and people who are not. Um, And I think ultimately that's probably the way that this thing should go where, you know, in, in the marketplace, us parents, I'll, I'll put on my parent hat, right? Like we're going to vote with our dollars, you know, like we are going to uh, either positively agree that organizations or teams that are in agreement with this type of stuff that is defined in very, very clear terms. Like, Hey, if you're part of Dryland Academy, that means um, you abide by MLB pitch mark. As, as we talked about at, at length, you know, PitchMart isn't a perfect standard. I think uh, I think a lot of times we are, I think we're we're more. I don't want to say I don't want to say safer. I guess what's the word I'm looking for? We're more mindful of workload than we are PitchMart. But broadly, I think we end up being a little bit more conservative than that otherwise might be. Would drive on specifically? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hundred percent. We're way more conservative than PitchMart. Yeah, so, so, you know, it's one of those things that, hey, you know, we could say, you know, academy teams are, you know, the, you know, positive athlete first alliance, whatever you want to call it, right? And by saying that, we, we go, hey, like, this is something we believe in, right? All of our coaches are going to go through X type of training, whether that's concussion awareness, sexual abuse, bullying awareness, uh, lightning strike awareness, <laughs> Shouldn't have been standing. There. Shouldn't have been standing there. Anything like that, that that you know, not on the not on the jokey lightning yeah. lightning awareness side, but like actually sends a really positive signal to parents that like, hey, this organization is going to make some choices about your child in consideration of these broad values is a really good thing. Yeah. Um. So we're we're moving we're moving there. Um. Which is which is pretty cool. Because I think a lot uh, of these things that we talk about, and probably a lot of the things you talked about this past past week, are symptoms not necessarily the root cause of the problems. There's yep. symptoms that come from not having this training system yep. uh, that's in place. And, and even down to the umpires, right? Like, yeah. we're losing umpires because, by and large, coach and parent behavior has driven them directly out of the of wanting to do this for not that much money. Yeah. Uh, not wanting to get abused for a couple hours on a weekend for that much yeah. money. So I mean, that's and that's just the truth. It, you know, yeah, like that's, yeah, and I don't blame them. As yeah. someone who umpired... Every single year from when I was 14 all the way through college, like, it was a great job. Uh, I would not have done it that long if I had constantly gotten abused by parents. If I was signing up to get abused by parents every weekend, I would not have done it uh, very long at all. Uh, I don't even know if I would have started. Yeah. Um, And making sure 
coaches know how to act and have a training system around that and uh, a system to hold them accountable, like we'll just do a lot of work improving umpire quality and start to build back that pipeline of umpires. Yeah, and I think you're like you're you're so right because the solution has to be like holistic, right? It has to confront all the aspects of it. Like, do we need more umpire training and more umpires? Like broadly, yes. But if we just solve for that and you don't solve for the reason why we're leaving, it's like, well, we're just creating a bunch of people that are going to do this for like three months and then be out. Right. I mean, it's the same way, you know, we look at mechanics yeah. in most of our yeah. youth athletes is that like the most, most of the time when you see something or a parent sees something mechanical that they know doesn't look right, uh, they have a really hard time actually understanding what the root cause of that issue is. Yep. They might be able to fix the superficial cause of the issue. Um, but not actually fix the root cause yeah. uh, and like start at the bottom of the, the kinematic chain and, and work your way up and try to figure out where where it actually broke. Uh, so you spend a bunch of time fixing problems that you that's not the root problem. Yep. And I'll, and I'll double down on that. You will have to fix it in a sticky way. Mm-hmm. Right. So like with movement, you have to effectively like repattern. Right. And if you're going to repattern you have to address whatever systemic issues have pushed you towards the the non-ideal pattern that you're in right now. Yeah. That same thing is applicable to to the system of youth baseball, this this relationship between parents, coaches, and umpires. Um, so there, there's all that. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of just kind of like the, the state of youth baseball from our perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one thing that dropped right before I left to go to Kansas City was the Aspen Institute's new study numbers for 2023. Um, which, uh, are they going to be right here? Yeah, I'll have to like, I'll have to put them maybe higher, higher, higher above the microphone. Um, yeah, I'll put them here. Uh, you watch Brooklyn nine, nine, right? I do. So there's a, there's a meme that came up Brooklyn nine, nine with like Captain Holt where he's like, he does like full on like the Tiger Woods thing. He's like validation. Yeah. I saw those numbers drop from Aspen Institute and like, it's doesn't. It doesn't make me happy. I was just saying, we would rather not be validated, honestly. It yeah. doesn't make me happy to have been screaming about this for like five plus years, perhaps closer to ten, and then see stuff like this and be like, I was right. Yeah. It's it's terrible. Right. Uh, so if you go to uh, projectplay.org, you can find the stats yourself. Um, and, and again, I will try to put them here-ish. Uh, but the big takeaways from baseball is uh, two things. Overall baseball uh, participation is down 20% from 2019 uh, to 2022. Um, And the moment that I say that, I think logically you would go like, oh, well, COVID. And for sure. However, baseball's drop in participation, once again, is disproportionately worse than any other sport. So what does that tell you? You know? Uh, I, I, I should have brought up the, um, the slides or maybe I'll just throw a slide here, but yeah, like that's part of it. Uh, and then again, the retention issue that we've been talking about, like ad nauseum for years, uh, weirdly enough, uh, our drop in, uh, retention is also worse once again than any other sport. It's disproportionate. Um, and yes, you know, that there's some questions were raised about like, well, where do these numbers come from? Um, and they come from like the National Center of uh, Sport and Fitness, I believe. And um, and look, like I don't know, I don't know where that number really comes from. So I suppose that there might be 
you know, some plus minus a couple percentage points, right? But the disproportionate nature of it isn't the, isn't, you know, that's the issue. That's the issue. This is like the conversation I had with a, a 15-year-old when we did our parent-player meetings, and they lost four pounds over a month, yeah. which is the opposite of what we're trying to do. And they were like, well, I think I drank a, a lot of water the first time I did it, so maybe I was just like a little bloated. And, and I was like, uh, I mean, sure. Like, if we assume that that's true, yeah, maybe a pound and a half? Like, this yeah. is four pounds. Like, that does not – that cannot possibly make up for this entire difference. No. So, like, no. sure, maybe there are a couple percentage points off here and there. That's yeah. not making up for the, for the actual massive difference yeah. between baseball and other sports. Yeah, and, like uh, – and, again – you know, maybe there's some plus minus on the margin here. Um, and one of the things that, that I did hear is that one of the the largest um, club select travel team organizations, um, they had 28,000 unique teams registered with them last year. That's, that's a lot. Yep. But, uh, again, if part of this overall... Uh, issue with with retention and participation, which we disproportionately suffer compared to any other major sport. Um, if a ton of kids are leaving rec ball, for example, and some of those kids are going to play travel or club ball, that's still like a net loss mm -hmm. because you're cutting off. You know, the the issue with with kids leaving rec for for travel or club is not just like you lose the best players, but when you lose not only like your a tier a tier players. And then the B tier players kind of leave with them. Nobody left. There's not enough kids left to run a league. Yes, yes. It's uh, it gets it gets real bad real fast. Um, so that was you know that it was really great timing to get really bad news because uh, you know having that drop right before we go out into the meeting, I think it gives everybody some incentive to figure out like how are we going to try to fix yeah. this. You would hope. Um, yeah. Um, so it was you know that that part of it was good. Um, I did some stuff um, about like our our perspective on data and engagement. Um, I, I brought out the old the old Bob Feller uh, throwing a heater uh, in dress slacks and flats versus a motorcycle yeah. from like 1939 yeah. to try to make the point that like hey look you know a uh, lot of people that we've discussed ad nauseum on here, um, smoltzy spray tan guy etc. Uh, have some real strong feelings about you know the the integration of technology in our game, but like if you have Bob Feller throwing a fastball against a motorcycle to try to figure out how hard he's throwing, that's just a different type of technology. It's crude, it's it's very crude, but it's technology, and you can't act like this is a new thing. Um, and then the other thing we talked a lot about was pulse. Um, you know, pulse pulse is a pretty big thing. Um, was able to show kind of what it actually looks like from our onboarding after taking some time off to like actually progressively build up throwing workload. Um, if you're an academy kid listening to this podcast or an academy parent who has a kid uh, playing for us, sync your pulse, charge it. That, that's, the, that's the biggest blocker with pulse. Lucas, sync your pulse. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's the... He tells me he listens to every single podcast okay. and, and we never mention him, so. Lucas, we love you. Also, sync your, sync your flipping pulse. Um, so we're able to get, get into into that side of things, and and you know I just I don't take those type of opportunities for granted because um, number one, being able to be in a room with people that are actually invested in trying to fix things and have the power or leverage to do so is it like fires me up um, because we've been talking about this stuff for a while. 
So the, the fact that other other people are seeing it pretty clean is is good. Um, so yeah, that was Kansas City. The only bad thing about my trip, this is, man, I'm this is going to be the hottest. Take. I was just going to say, talk about most dangerous baseball podcast. Okay. This is this is going to be tough. Hey, look, Kansas City, you, man, you you got to talk to me. Um, your barbecue disappointed me, and I just I'm sorry. Like I don't know what you want me to say. You know, like brisket and burn ends should be something you do at like a really high level. I, I presume that going in, so maybe my expectations are too high because what I got was like, it was fine. You better hope our chief of staff, Emily Coolball, doesn't watch this podcast. Emily, I'm I'm sorry. I, you know, we talked about uh, trying to go out, and I was too busy with work. Uh, yeah, man. It and here it, here's the worst part about it. Uh, on Friday, I actually took the day off so that you know you know uh, Danny and I went down to Portland to go see LeBron. Uh, finally. Never seen LeBron play in person before. Um, and we went to a barbecue place in outside of Portland called Potna's. It was legit barbecue. Like soup. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Way better than anything I had in Kansas City. I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. He's not just doing it for the engagement. No, I'm, no. I'm not. Look, man, I would love to have, like, hey, you know, I... I put down, you know, half a pound of brisket, half a pound of burnt ends. Like, I was coming off of a big lift on Monday. I was ready to do that. Yeah. Didn't. Uh, Portland took care of me, though. Was it uh, better or worse than the Kool-Aid pickles in Nashville? Ooh, the Kool-Aid pickles were... I mean, I respect the ingenuity. <laughs> you know, like, I, I respect a creative endeavor. Kool-Aid pickles were not the jam for me. Um, but that banana pudding that they had was uh, was elite. So I'm going to say better than Kool-Aid pickles, okay. but much worse than expectations than the barbecue I had in Portland. Yeah. And I like Portland barbecue. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, that was that was the ABCAU summit, man. It was just really good to get out there. Uh, huge shout outs as per usual to Rob Honey and Ryan Brownlee um, at ABCA. Uh, we haven't really talked about ABCA as like a membership thing on here. Uh, so like a couple of things I will tell you. Number one, uh, the youth sector at ABCA is effectively, I want to say the second biggest like group that they have of users right now. Um, if it's not the second biggest, hold on, let me see. Um, okay, biggest member groups by type at ABCA. Uh, high school coaches, um, like that's part of it. That's number one. Part of that involves our youth from mm-hmm. like four, you know, 14, 15 to 18. Uh, college coaches, second biggest. Third biggest, youth academy and travel. And like, I mean, that I, I'm, I don't know that Rob wants me to put the numbers out. So like, I'll, I won't put them out. But, um, but they're really, really close. Yeah. Really, really close. Um, so I'll, you know, again, uh, we don't really have an official, I'll, I'll talk to Rob and we'll do like this, like an ABCA ambassador thing, but like the ABCA membership in and of itself, if you're coaching, uh, is going to give you a ton of resources. It's going to give you like membership in and of itself is going to give you some benefits. Like, have you heard yeah. about like their car rental thing? No. They oh, have, we talked, this was the thing at ABCA last year. That yeah. The ABCA membership has some sort of like crazy national discount on car rental that like, if you just rent a car once over the course of the year, it just pays for itself. Yeah. And then you also have all this video library of like every ABCA convention ever. Yeah. So, uh, even yeah, if you man. don't rent cars, you should get an ABCA membership. Yeah. I mean, it's, you if know, if you're, if you're too young to rent a car, get an ABCA membership. 
Uh, then by the time you can rent a car, you'll be in the money. You'll be and great. They do have a player tier of um, of memberships in ABCA. Oh, very cool. Um, because, you know, for a lot of kids, they're college kids that know they want to go into coaching, so that's how they, they start. Um, so, yeah, that's an ABCA recap. Um, and if you're an ABC, ABCA member, come and say hi to us at the booth. Yeah, man, come January. find us. We'll, we'll be there in Dallas uh, doing the thing. Um, I guess we'll just talk about that now. Uh, I think we got two things going on for, for us for, for book – Specifically at ABCA. Um, Friday night, clear your calendar. There's going to be a thing happening. I don't have full details, but we're going to do like a we're going to do like a dinner speech type of thing. Um, I wrote the speech on the plane, like ninety percent of it. Cried a lot for the first like forty percent of it, and I was like, it was just the altitude though. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It's definitely yeah, the altitude. Yeah. It's not the fact that I'm just like a gigantic softy under this, you know, the beard and shaved head. Um, yeah, man, I was like trying to write about like why the reason that I actually started to change as a coach, um, which involves uh, my grandparents and like my kids. And it's, you know, so I, I wrote that and was terrified that the lady sitting next to me thought that I was just like a complete psychopath. Like she having, did. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably. Although she and her husband are watching some weird like nature breakdown and I, I don't know and also crying no no it was some real i mean some real seattle vibes okay like yeah. watching a bunch of people like stomp around in nature it's like okay. we got that um and then on saturday it looks like we're gonna do like a pizza and beer get together thing to talk about the book too um so we're not going to be on stage talking about the book this year so if you're coming to abca uh definitely come check out like the pulse and tech presentations because that stuff is going to be gas um, but we're going to have something for you on Friday night and Saturday night. Uh, details forthcoming. And come and say hi. You yeah, and then, yeah, and then we'll, we'll be at the booth, man. We'll be chopping it up. Um, and very interesting study uh, got pre-published that I saw this morning that I think goes along with some of the stuff we're talking about, about just kind of the, the challenge with coaching, with training coaches, and specifically training coaches – with the information we have available to us now, which is very different than like the, this is how I've always done it. And this is how it was done to me. So therefore it's how I'm always going to do it. Um, so the study is called uh, a smile can go a long way. The effects of dominant and rewarding smiles of coaches on athletes in an evaluative performance context. Uh, and to just like cut right to it, uh, the present results are the first to show that subtle differences in facial expressions of coaches can affect an athlete's heart rate and effective state in evaluating performance context. Uh, the results join research on the interpersonal effects of nonverbal behavior between athletes and their coaches. They provide evidence that the facial expression of coaches have communicative context that is perceived by the athletes and influences them on different levels. Um, and I was thinking about this like literally yesterday when we were having our on-field. I think the hardest thing to do as a coach is like have a kid frustrate you and the figuring out the appropriate time to like, because sometimes you do have to hold them accountable and that's probably not coming with a smile. But then you, you but you know, to, to balance that with the other thing where you know, like hey, when we were uh, we were doing uh, the tea scrimmage. Um, so the plan was is we were going to have a machine pitch scrimmage yesterday. Uh, got to the field and we had no power. Um, adapt and overcome. Yes. 
So it's like, okay, fine, we're you know, it's gonna do T scrimmage. And I honestly didn't kind of hate it because there were a moment where like we had three hard hit balls that were caught by the same center fielder. Or four, maybe. And it was like, okay, like Mateo. figure it out. Mateo. Whew. Yeah, man, that kid was I don't think you watched this, but Yeah, but that he was all over center field, just gloving everything. Um and I was like, okay, this is interesting. I'm interested to see if the kids are gonna figure this out because like that guy's just catching everything, so hit it somewhere else. But uh, but anyways, I um, did tell them that. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> enough hitting the ball directly at this guy in center field or within a, a thirty feet vicinity. Yeah, make direction. make an adjustment, you know. Um, but at one point, uh, I think with the younger kids, they were finishing up, and I was just trying to coach a little bit on third base to try to make them uh, like get in the habit of coming around two and looking at the base coach at three, and uh, Quinn in particular. Uh, there were a couple times where he just came hard into the bag, no slide. And I'm like, down, 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 no slide. Happens again, down, down, no slide. And like, it's like okay, uh, this is one of those moments where I want to coach with a smile, right? I don't want you to, because like the first time that I said to him about it, he was like, yes, sir. It's like, I mean, I suppose I've got enough gray in my beard now that like I'm bleeding that way, but like, I don't need the yes, sir. Uh, but then the second time I was like, all right, like, do you know why this is important? Yeah. You know, like, let's let's start there. And he was like, so I don't get out? I was like, well, yeah, you know, part of it is I do want you to slide so you don't get out. Um, but there's a lot of action happening there. And I also don't want you to wear a ball off the head. I don't, you know, there's, it's just a cleaner way to try to come in and get that bag. And I tried to deliver that message uh, with a smile, you know? Because, like, I don't want him, I don't want his... I don't want his fear of failure right. or disappointing or, you. Yeah, or, or disappointment to get in the way of the thing that I actually care about. I mean, I, you know, I, I think I care about his learning. I, I, I care a lot more about the learning than about you potentially like feeling like you let me down or yeah. whatever. Um, but then there are those other moments, you know, like there's others, those other moments too where. Look, you know, I, I need to communicate the seriousness, and I and I can't, I can't. We're not going to be smiling here. No, there, I had those moments yesterday. With, yeah, with one of uh, yeah. one of the guys on my team. Um, I think the a couple hard things there. Uh, one, especially if you don't have a a strong relationship with that athlete. Yeah, smiling is huge because they don't know you. Yep, and knowing that you're coming from a place of I'm on your team here, we're just like working through this together yeah. with a smile is much better than the yes sir I'm afraid to to say anything other than yes sir to you yeah it's like I'm trying to say the, the minimum amount of words to get away from this conversation because right. I'm like terrified that you're gonna you know light into me right and and, and like I am afraid to now fail yeah. so that you don't yeah, yeah. tell me down 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 again or whatever it yeah. is uh, where it's like no 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 like that's okay that you failed. Like we're, we're learning, like yeah. this is how I want you to learn. And it's always easier when there's like a smile, uh, that yeah. comes with it. Um, the other part, which I have difficulty with, and I don't know anybody who doesn't have difficulty with is, uh, it's when there's a situation where you have to hold the kid accountable without a smile. Yeah. Uh, you kind of get the ass a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to, Immediately turn around and deal with a different kid who doesn't deserve the ass, <laughs> dude. I've and been have there. a smile on your face. I've been there. When you're really frustrated with one of your kids, it can tend to leak over into yeah. your interactions with with other kids on the team, yeah. 
And that can be really detrimental because they didn't do anything to earn yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so like that's a thing that I work hard at and I feel like I messed it up like once or twice yesterday because I was really frustrated with one of the kids. Um, and then immediately like pulled the kids aside and me like, hey, this is why I'm saying that. Like, you, know, yeah. you know that, right? Like, yep, they, yep, yeah. yep. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's so difficult, man. Like it's, it's really hard. Like, uh, you know, Michelle and I were walking the dog the other night. And I was, um, and I was, you know, bitching about something that happened at home, and, and, and she was like, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm sorry." And I was like, "Like, no, man, I, I'm not asking you to to be held accountable right. here. I'm not. This isn't about you at all. This is this is me. Yeah. This is me, and you know, managing my expectations, right? Uh, and it's it's so difficult when you're coaching a group of kids to like, hey, like." Man, I, I would love to say that I'm I'm good at being able to go like I'm gonna coach with a smile for Quinn and then this other kid I'm gonna have to hold accountable, but then if Quid comes up again, that I'm gonna act like like I'm just like this this white sheet. Right. You know, that I've just like I've flipped the page. Man, it's it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Or like post practice I have a few gentlemen on my team who always come up and all right, what can I do better? Man, what did I, I mess up today? I, what can I do better? Right. I love that. Uh, which I also love. Yep. Uh, but if I'm post-practice immediately talking to this one kid that I'm really frustrated with, you can almost start to see them slink away because they hear, they see my body language, yeah. they hear my tone, yeah. and they're like, oh, I, I shouldn't ask him a question right now. Like, that's, I don't want, I don't want to catch some strays here. Like, yeah. I, and yeah. so it's immediately being able to turn to them and be like, no, 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 you guys, like, come here, come here, come here. Like, yeah. what do you got? Uh, which I know what their question's going to be, but that is something that, like, yeah, it's going to be really hard. And I also think, like, this paired with, you know, the study that came out years ago that, like, um, like high fives and physical contact yeah. are, like, a good uh, indicator of, like, winning percentage. Yeah. And it's like, sure, there might be some correlation versus causation of, like, teams that win are probably going to high five a lot more than teams that don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the combination of the nonverbal communication, whether it's physical or just body language – is so massive yeah. and is so much larger than the actual verbal con like verbal confrontations I have and like yeah. the verbal coaching I do. The verbal coaching makes zero difference if it's coming with the wrong body language or the wrong tone or the wrong yeah. demeanor. And like the vast majority of coaches that I watch might have something good to say, but immediately are turning off athletes just by the way they're saying it to them. Yeah, and especially at the youth level, you know. Uh, it's funny, I was uh, Mark uh, Gorman uh, Pudge, uh, who's the head coach at Madison High School, which is a 6A school in Virginia, was out at this uh, this summit thing. Um, and Pudge was telling a story about, like, their playoff run this year. And he goes, um, you know, they had a game where it was like, they. he was like, they – they had kind of been like the cardiac kids a little bit a couple times and had to come from behind. And they were, they were playing a rival school – um, and they were chasing five, I think, and they had first and third and one down. And um, and Pudge goes out to the mound, you know, calls a mound visit to to like to, to bring in a to new kid. And uh, he goes, "Boys, I I don't know what to tell you. It's like I think we're gonna win this game. It's like all here's what I need you to do. I need you to strike this guy out." And then we're going to go get this next out, and we're going to go win this game. And I think it's one of those moments where, man, you know, chasing five, first and third, one down late in the game, 
very likely that you're going to go to that mountain visit like red ass, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like because you're not where you want to be. Right. And it's one of those things where you know you you know you just wonder about like the you know the the butterfly effect of going out there and showing kids the other side of things. Like, hey, you're probably expecting me to come out here and I'm going to be hot. And it's like, no, I'm just going to like, I'm going to tell you that I think you're capable of this. And then weirdly, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that, you know, for every, you know, pudge that I talk to you that tells me that story about him having that type of moment with his kids and they respond and they go on a win state. There might be another five where, like, somebody's trying to do that thing and it goes the other way. Yeah, because it, it, you can't just say that, right? Yeah. Like, Pudge actually felt that, probably. Yeah. yeah. And believed that, right? Yeah. And, like, the kids got that. It's one thing to, like, have that belief in your kids that, yeah. like, yeah, we are not out of this game. Like, let's go and get this. We yeah. are better than this. And it's another to just, like, say it to try to make yeah. the situation a little bit better. Yeah. And, like, Kids will pick up on that really quickly. Yeah, and I and I want I really want to read that whole study, um, you know, about the smiling thing because, you know, you the thing that I would imagine that they're doing is trying to measure some indicators of like the flight or fight response. Right. Right. Like I, I don't know that to be sure, but but if I could put on, you know, if I was a scientist, that's probably what I'd like to engage in. Um, and think about, you know, trying to put your athletes in one of those states or the other. Well, I I don't know that I ever want them to flee. Like I want them to fight, even if we are chasing five, and yep. even if it is first and third, and maybe it's first and third with none dead, or yep. maybe it's first and third bases loaded. Like I want them to fight, but it's I think I'm very curious to see that full study so we can get an idea of like how impactful that stuff is when a coach is able to be a conduit, not for the thing that the kid probably is already afraid of. They want to lean into that that flight thing. But trying to subtly, not only through verbal communication, but through non-verbal communication, push them the other direction. And I think there may not be a better example of that than a mound visit. Yeah. Because it is you, – you very rarely see mound visits in a positive situation. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, Danny case up a guy and swords him. I'm not walking out to the mound to be like – great job kid great job and then turn around and go yeah. back right like it's always a negative thing yeah. or perceived as a negative thing when i'm yeah. walking out to the mound and like i almost never start with anything negative yeah and like one of our 14 new coaches watched me coach for a while because his kid was on my team for a while uh and like said like he always wanted to know what i said because immediately when i walked out there the first thing was the pitcher would end up smiling yeah. And it's like, honestly, most of the time I make, I know my kids well enough to know that, to know what to say to make them smile. Yeah. And I just say that that's how I start that. Yeah. Right. Relax them. Yeah. Because I, they know why I'm coming out there. Yeah. It's not a mystery to yeah. any pitcher yeah. when there's a mound visit, why their coach is slowly walking towards the mound. Yeah. They, yeah, maybe it takes me 12 seconds to get to the mound. That's a 12 second period where they're thinking everything that I'm about to already tell them. Oh Yeah. Yeah, like the principal, you're like you're walking in the principal. You're office, walking in you know? the principal's yeah, office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like this is something that I learned from um, a pro pitching coach that I was on the same staff as, who I like really loved the way he approached mound visits. Uh, I'm not going to tell any of the stories because they're all uh, the best one is mildly inappropriate, and they range <laughs> to like extremely inappropriate. But like the whole thing was, he never he knew he didn't need to say anything. They knew. 
he's coming out there. They know yeah. already why he's coming out there. Yeah. What's he gonna do? Tell him to throw strikes. Tell him to stop giving up hits. Like yeah. they they know right. Yeah. He his goal was I gotta relax him. Yeah. That's like I'm going out there. I'm gonna crack jokes. I want to make these guys laugh. I'm gonna relax them and ease the tension a little bit. Yeah. To try to get them a little bit more comfortable and relaxed on the mound, and and that to me is the goal. Every time I go out to the mound, yeah, I just got to relax you because I know you're capable. I know what you're capable of doing. Yeah. I wouldn't have put you on the mound if I didn't know what you were capable of doing. And we're just not at our capability right now. Yeah. So we got to relax, get a little bit more comfortable, and go attack the hitters. Yeah. And it's always just about like refocusing them, but like if you're a coach who. Uh, doesn't actually believe that they're capable of doing the job on the mound. Well, you, they know, and yeah. that message is like really clear yeah. when you go out there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just I think about stuff like this. Um, I think it's really cool to be able to see that you know people are doing this type of work out there to try to quantify this effect that coaches can have on kids. Um, and you know, shoot, I, I think there's just a lot of signal there for anybody that's coaching their own kid. Uh. There's probably a lot of verbal and nonverbal influence you don't even realize you have to that are literally going to put your kids in a position to be able to compete better. Yeah, and I, I think about the you know the PCA concept all the time of the emotional yeah. gas tank, yeah. and like you know I'm I'm thinking about their workload gas tank every game we play, yeah. but I'm also thinking about the emotional gas tank, yeah. and you can tell if you know a kid even remotely well. You can tell in their body language when their emotional gas tank is pretty depleted. Yeah. And, like, your job as a coach is just to go out there and fill that emotional gas tank. Because yeah. there's not anything – like, that's the lowest hanging fruit you can do on that mound visit yeah. is just gassing them up emotionally because you can give them the best pitching advice ever. And if they're not in a place to hear it because their emotional gas tank is empty, then you just wasted a bunch of words. You should just listen to those last, like, 20 seconds just on repeat for a while. I'm not – yeah. Because – exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 